Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan, and I'm working at... An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Well, welcome, everybody. It's a beautiful February day here in the Rockies. Um, Chuck Bonneville, Julie Hayden, the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, Truth Straight Up. That's right. The show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine. And just a little while ago, I reminded Chucky has a 5.30 appointment with a Dr. Jack Schaefer today, yeah, too. Yeah. So couldn't come Thank more recommendations. That's right. Couldn't be more recommended. Um, what, what, there's a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, Americans for Prosperity has exposed itself, Chuck, for what it really is. And we could talk about that. Um, and you need to be aware of what Colorado candidates are talking about. But Chuck has been, actually, as a whole nation, has been fascinated with the Fannie Willis corrupt Fulton County DA Donald Trump case. There's been three trials. There's the Rittenhouse trial, followed by the Johnny Depp Amber Heard, and now this one that is just riveting. I mean, you, you know, I think... I think, you know, you asked me, I had my computer with me going upstairs to take a shower before going out. What are you doing with your computer? I said, I don't want to miss a second. You know, I just want to. <laughs> but over the weekend, well, Friday, I guess, and hardly ever is stuff actually bombshell. But I think it's fair to say this was bombshell testimony. At the crux of the request to have the judge disqualify them is the question of, did they, Chuck, wake up. Did they file for, uh, or did they lie while they were under oath? Um, and should they be disqualified because of their relationship and the appearance or actual impropriety, et cetera, et cetera, from prosecuting the case? Well, it was more than that. It was, it was that the, the accusation was that they, she hired her lover. Right. Um, and then they went on uh, the expensive vacations all over the Caribbean and out to California and everywhere else using uh, the funds they almost $700,000 uh, she had gotten for him, uh, splitting it up. Uh, right. She, they denied. They said, well, okay, we are having, we were having a love relationship, but it didn't start until uh, uh, November of uh, 2022. And moreover, you know, where we've broken up. And right. then the question was, are they lying about that? Right. And as it turns out, huge cell phone evidence indicates they were. So immediately Chuck was like, man, we got to call Mark Poff, former El Paso County Sheriff's investigator, now does a lot of work for um, law in, involved in lawsuits and criminal cases across the country. And he is the resident expert on this geofencing cell phone data. So, Mark, first off, hey, thank you for your time again. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's always good to be here. You know, I, I was just here last Monday, so I feel like I'm becoming kind of a regular here. That's right. You are, and regular. The, you are a regular. The check's in the mail, too, by the way. So yeah. <laughs> it's cryptocurrency. So what, So the cell phone data, uh, the the, uh, the Trump attorney's claim shows that at least 35 times he visited the area of her house. They can track when the phone's still, blah, blah, blah. Um, they, it shows like a, something like 11,000 phone calls, 20,000 texts. I mean, the, um, a lot of communications. Why don't you break it down for us? And how let me lay, lay down why it is that I can actually talk about this. That right. This, like I was telling you earlier, this is 100% my wheelhouse. 
So I was a computer engineer for many years before I joined law enforcement. I worked for MCI, actually worked for a phone company. We used cellular technology on a project that I worked on. So I'm very familiar with cellular technology. I've been qualified numerous times to include in Arizona last week. I was qualified as an expert in cellular technology. And what, what this is all about, this is called CDR analysis, which is called detail records analysis. That's what this area that, that's what it is. And I've been qualified an expert dozens of times. So this is really something that I can testify to and talk about. I've read, I have the um the affidavit written by the um the investigator who did this. So let me give you the bad news first and then we'll jump right into it. Okay. They they had their investigator actually do the analysis. Big huge mistake. So so this is kind of I mean, I don't think it's gonna be a big issue. But the problem is, is when you deal with the government, they um, they don't really use experts either. Like even these, the FBI cast members, which are considered the elite individuals, normally in state stuff, you'll get just some detective that got 40 hours of training. And then all of a sudden he's a, he calls himself an expert in CDR analysis and, and they muck it up and they make statements they can't make. And, and that's where I come in to basically say, look, time out. Let me tell you what cell phone records are really about. So in this case, they use an investigator. Looks like he has experience. He's used the application Cellhawk, which is the same application I use. It is the best application for plotting call detail records or cell phone records in the nation, if not the world. So wow. that's a plus. He makes some statements in the affidavit that I'm a little confused about. So I'd love to ask some questions. But here's the bottom line that, that, that I love about this. It, you know, cell phone records are awesome for laying you know, they're not going to say this person committed this crime, but they're great for saying, you know what? You're a liar. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> and this is the deal. And I knew this. And, you know, last Monday, I kind of went on a, a rage or a rant for about 15 minutes on this because I, I'm a trained investigator. I'm a trained interrogator. I've done this for years as a detective. Everything that Nathan um, Wade said and Fannie Willis said they were deceptive from beginning to end. All these different techniques. So I was just like, dude, you're guilty as sin. Yeah. <laughs> so these cell phone records, I was amazed. And these are AT&T records. Oh my gosh. How can you be so stupid to have AT&T records if you're going to, or use AT&T, if you're going to be doing not wholesome stuff? <laughs> so it, I would never want someone to pull my AT&T records. And I'd like to know what all records they have because AT&T can actually tell you where you were. I mean, it's a lot worse than Verizon and T-Mobile, which can only give you a general area, kind of this area. AT&T can say, I can put you at this area within so much range, not completely accurate records. I've been fighting that probably shouldn't be using this in court, but but here's the deal. When you just go through the cell phone records, and Cellhawk is so wonderful for laying this information out. So you're texting with a woman you're not married with. Let's say <laughs> it the right way so it gets the reaction we want. For approximately, what, 11 months, and you're doing, what is it, just under 20,000 text messages? Yes. I'm not sure I've texted my wife 20,000 text messages <laughs> in our entire marriage, and we we text a bunch. Jack's got about like 10 to me, if that. Yeah. <laughs> Come pick me well, up. I'm well, at the airport. It's not discoverable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If this is discoverable, odds are maybe this is even work phones, which means they're really idiots. But 
the fact is you want to know when these text messages are sent and right. when are these phone calls being placed? And they actually did. Um, I can't remember the actual term. I don't use it that often, but it's provided in Cellhawk. It's really cool. You bring up this chart and it gets darker where you're texting and actually calling more. And the only time that they're talking when they're, when it really goes dark shaded that, Hey, they're, they're communicating a lot is after 7 PM. Yeah. So it's like, this is not a professional relationship. No. There's no doubt in my mind, they're having a physical relationship, you, you know, and, and okay. So first off, they're trying to imply for, from inside of this, that they can show that the phone went to the house. You can't. Okay. So, but what's cool is they're actually using phrases that the government typically uses oh. is consistent <laughs> with going to the house, or we could call it the booty booty call condo. <laughs> and, you know, so it puts him in the neighborhood. And the bottom line is it's better to let the imagination run wild than try to overplay the facts. So if right. he goes in there on Friday or whenever, and he testifies that the cell phone r- record shows um, Wade at the house, He's going to get his ass handed to him. Um, right. The, the prosecution knows this because this is normally what they do, which but is they so do. Iconic. Right. Now the the prosecution who normally says, "Oh, it's um, consistent with being at the the place." Now they're going to take the defense role, you know, because now they're on the defensive. They're going to say, like I always say, which is, "You can't." He's in the neighborhood. I mean, Wade could just be driving by in the neighborhood at 2 a.m. That could right. just. Well, so and here's what, something else I understand, but I understand from looking at the record. So what they show, and it is, as you said, and that's what I wanted. And for Sandra is saying, who's they? So Sandra, that they were talking about who admitted these cell phone records are the Trump attorneys. That's who they are. So it shows things like, um, so there's a text. And he's in the neighborhood of his house at 11 o'clock at night. Then right. th- then there's, there's the phone is moving. Apparently they can show that. And they're talking yep. on the phone. Then yep. he goes into her neighborhood. And he's there in that neighborhood overnight from like midnight to like 5 p.m. Oh, oh, oh. You can't say overnight. That's like, remember when uh, they testified, he never spent the night. Right. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean you never spent the night? Well, now, yeah. I have to tell you back on my college days, another thing, I understand <laughs> about going someplace and I have no intentions of staying the night. The night. I mean. <laughs> he, he just went over to Fanny's Love Shack. And right. so he goes there and, and they show him in the neighborhood for like three or four hours. Phone probably goes dark. Right. You wonder why that is. Because <laughs> they're not going to be texting each other. Yes, that feels great. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So they're knocking boots and then he leaves and, and continue. I, I kind of interrupted well, you. No, and that was, well, and then, and then he's going to try to claim, oh, I was at the Porsche drivership or something. But my question to you is, so how accurate is that? I mean, because you're absolutely right. You can't tell the what they- how, Within how many feet on this particular one or yards or miles? Can it, you it's, you know, it's, it's going to put him in the neighborhood, but it depends on what records he's using. And he's not clear in this. If he's using just call detail records, and, and that's what it sounds like to me, that he's not using Nelos. AT&T has what's called Nelos records. He probably didn't get those because that's very intrusive. If he just got the cell phone records, he knows which tower it's it's hitting. So here's here's the deal. I'd want to look at all the data. Yeah. And then you can, you can say this. If he lives, let's say, on the south side of Atlanta in this um, Willis the booty, the booty, the booty calls condo is on the northeast. <laughs> let's say, 
I, I mean, you can show that, look, you, like you said, you can see it hitting towers all the way around the outer belt or whatever. It shows up over in her neighborhood. And then, you know, you're hitting, why is he hitting a tower? He could be up to a half a mile away from the condo. But okay. why, I mean, again, right. the imagination is a lot more powerful than facts. Why is is Nathan or whatever his name is, why is he parked, not moving? I mean, that's yeah. the key, moving in this neighborhood where the, the condo is, the Willis's coitus condo, um, you know, <laughs> hanging out there. He can't argue this fact. It's like, right. where else could you be? Well, maybe I'm going to McDonald's at 3 a.m. for four hours. Right. It, you know, and you're you're calling her beforehand. I mean, it's just so common sense. Right. You're calling her beforehand. You get there. You, you know, the phone goes dark. Three, four hours later, all of a sudden you're driving back home. That's why she said he never spent the night at the condo. Spent the what night. Is that, what does that mean? What does that, exactly. Does but now where he screwed, though, when is. the sun came up? Right. Well, there's that. And then he screwed, though, because we played this on Friday. He said that he had never been to the house, not even 10 times. And the right. phone records show that the phone records would be wrong. He'd been in the neighborhood 35 times. But he'd been in the neighborhood 35 times. And you're right. And, well, and I think it's the time of day. I mean, this is right. overnight, Correct. right? This is restaurants right. aren't open. And so cell phone records, though, I mean, that is sort of accepted that, that I mean, he couldn't argue, oh, it was a solar flare. And, you know, and so it's. <laughs> It, it kept showing well, one of the me. Things, one of the things he stated among he could be in that area, that the Hatesville area. He says, "Well, that's where the Porsche Experience is at." And everybody goes, "Oh, is that Fanny's stripper name?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and, and that's the point. This is all going to be right around midnight or whatever. Right. And here's the deal with cell phone records, specifically AT and T records, is voice calls very accurate. Okay. Text messages. AT&T is the only service provider that provides you with tower information for text messages. <laughs> That's terrible for him. So when he's texting, it's going to tell you which tower he hit. Oh. Data sessions. Data sessions used to be not real accurate for locations, but if you understand how they work, they're not as, as accurate from the standpoint of you can use a data tower farther away than you would use a voice tower. So he could be hitting towers and they may try what this would be awesome because the government, the FBI will not use AT&T data records because they think there's issues with the um, locations. So now the government would normally say, oh, we don't use data sessions. Now that it's going to murk the water, they'll probably be all into the all data. All the stuff that normally that next also, week now, they'll have thrown oh, out. <laughs> see, these records show he could have been a mile and a half away from the right. con. And, and it's just, I mean, they've lied from beginning to end. Her saying, right. well, it, it, when they were really trying to narrow her down in the, in her, in, during her testimony on the stand, she said, well, I don't think we had a romantic relationship yep. back then. Well, now here's the problem with that. I can guarantee you, and I really shouldn't be saying this, maybe I should say a hypothetical third person, but there are people that will say, I'm having sex with this person like there's no tomorrow. Right. But I wouldn't call that a romantic relationship. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's right. And she's justifying her state. I'd say, hey, for, and they needed to really narrow down and say, okay, forget the whole romantic relationship. Did you have sex? Well, and when they asked her that, 
that's when she said, well, you know, we had this operation and I'm not going to emasculate a black man. It's like, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> what you just did, go, of course. She could pull a Bill Clinton. What do you mean by sex? Yeah, what right. what is what is it or what, what is what is well? And I think, tragically, I think there are some teenagers. You know, would be like that wasn't sex. It's like that's not even go there. So, but you're saying the right. self. Well, well, let me ask a little bit about AT and T. So, number one, note to self: if you're going to be doing bad things, don't use AT and T because they have the best and most specific cell phone data. Basically, okay, they, they without a doubt have the best records. As an analyst, it's the easiest to go through. Right. I mean, Verizon is a freaking nightmare to go through okay. their records. They send you a whole bunch of different files. And if you miss a file, you don't get the whole picture. T-Mobile's in the middle, somewhere in between the two. Bottom line is now there's nobody that you can use. In the old days, th- there was they were bought out by AT&T and everybody, Cricket. Cricket. Everybody wanted to have Cricket because Cricket didn't even track the cell towers. Oh. Well, those days are long over. <laughs> they are tracking the crap out of you. And, and the thing is, one of the things that confuses me, and I, I want to be, I always want to be fair, Okay, uh, is he uses the term geofence. Right. And he says, I created a geofence. I, I don't think he's using the term the way that I would use geofence. Okay. Geofencing is something that you would use with like Google or Facebook or something to say, I'm going to create this area and I want you to tell me every record, location record that Google has from that phone or from that account. Ah. In fact, here's the deal. If they went and got Google records for Nathan Wade, they would probably drill the crap out of them. Okay. Because those records would show him because it's GPS records. It would show him at the condo. At at a specific satellite location, basically. Right. And, And unfortunately in this affidavit, the investigator makes reference to the fact that he can show that that cell phone is at the condo. He can't do that. Right, right. Uh, and, and if you overplay, now you, this is a big bombshell. These cell phone right. records definitely lay out that they're both liars. They right. had a relationship, physical relationship. I don't say romantic. They had a <laughs> physical relationship long before the time that it was valid or that they say. That they say. But don't, if he walks in there and he tries to testify and say, the records show him at the condo, they're going to rip him to shreds. So he just needs, yeah. And he's not going to look that credible. Now, I think a couple of times he should sneak in, you know, some interesting words like, you know, Fanny's fornication fort or (laughs) condo of population, um, (laughs) inner office, intercourse house or something. But my favorite, what I call the place it's Fanny Willis's late night happy humping house. That's what I would call it. Well, no, and you, here's how he could set him up. He could use the acronym, right? And then they would be, they would say, "What's the acronym stand for?" He go, "Oh, sorry, Fanny Willis's happy humping house." And happy be like, humping house. I moved to, I moved to, to strike. But once you say it, you can't. You only want to do that in front of a jury because you can't uh, unring yeah. that bell. Now, but, let me ask you about AT&T, because she's jumping up and down. The, the Fannie Willis people are jumping up and down about subpoenas and things like this. So does AT&T, would, I, my, and they're saying they had a subpoena, um, or how does, but but did they have to give Fannie Willis a chance to quash it? Or how does that typically work? You know, that's interesting, because mainly when I used to write warrants, it was for the government, and we did everything quiet, secretly in the background. Oh, so, okay. We, did, we didn't announce to anybody, hey, oh, by the way, we're going to be subpoenaing your records next week. But in civil cases, t- typically they give you a heads up, and then you can attempt to squash or whatever. 
I have no idea how they got their hands on these records. What, what I'm because thinking. it's a criminal case. It's a criminal case. It is a criminal of the, case of, the, of Atlanta DA against Trump and all those people. And they have the you know you have the right as a defendant um, to do subpoena mandatory subpoenas. Also, oh, that makes now, sense. The so one they... thing is that's that's interesting though is whenever you do a subpoena from the defense side, the prosecution is going to get all that that data. And of course, you know, all they're going to say is, oh, shit, that's not good. Well, maybe they didn't think there was going to be time or I mean, the the the, the oh, Sandy Willis attorneys have not struck me as particularly on the ball. I mean, they're really wishing right now that they had not tried to destroy that one guy that dragged the whole hearing out. Right. Because it gave these guys time because I get the sense from the filings that they had the data, but they hadn't had time to look through it yet. Right. And and this has given them now time to look through that. They still right? have a problem of, of right. evidentiary problem. I mean, certainly Fannie and, and Nathan Wade would have the right to have the materials in front of them, be able to do a deposition of the expert and everything else. Um, but it's it's in the court of public opinion. I mean, they're yeah, yeah. they're screwed. They're, they're done. I mean, remember, and this case does not relate at all. But remember the O.J. Simpson case, the prosecutors in that case, they look like idiots. Yes, Marsha Clark. In that case, and their careers were basically ruined for the most Marcia part. Marsha Clark wasn't. She's on all kinds of things. I mean, well, she probably knew her, how to. Her, her lover boyfriend, and they were also, you know, her <laughs> lover boyfriend on the same team, but. No, you're right there. Well, like back to the AT and T thing. I remember years ago. Um, there was a guy, Nathan Phil, who killed Omar Jean downtown Denver, and, and Nathan Phil was a skinhead, and he killed Omar Jean because he was black, and he confessed to me. And the public defender's office then spent, I mean, trying to get the confession thrown out, right? They did, it was a, a really interesting, not something you would want to go through again. Um, but one of the things that happened is they got, and it was AT&T at the time, because it was my station phone, they somehow got my station phone cell phone records and and i think chuck it's the way that you talked about it because we had no idea right i had no idea this was going on my attorney had no idea this was going on they just stood up the public defender's office in court one day and started waving around my cell phone records which was not fun i can tell you that because it was my work phone but but I, I guess you're right if it's a criminal case they can get a subpoena unless the prosecutors are on the ball they may not even be paying attention or something right well they they should know it's going down from the, okay. from the defense, because it's way late in the game. You know, during the criminal investigation, long before you're ever going to court, they're writing all these warrants, giving them to judges. They're having it sealed so yeah. no one can find out what's going on. And then they make their case, they arrest somebody. And then during discovery, they said, here's everything. Then the defense, which is unfortunate, and I've made this statement numerous times if the prosecution screws up an investigation, it can really hurt the defense because some of those records, the, the the true called detail records, they keep forever. I mean, they okay. say, oh, we guarantee two to three years. But AT&T has openly said we've never deleted records wow. or cell phone records. They're this keeping, is not good I, to know. <laughs> well, they send it to NSA and then they store it at their warehouses. So some of these records are, are actually um, engineering records that show locations. They show distance to tower. Most vendors, they just can't keep all that information for very long. It's like two to three, maybe four weeks. So if they don't get this information, it's like, man, those records would have been exculpatory for me. But because they didn't get it, we find out about it six months later. It's too late. Those records, we we can't. 
And John and I run into this all the time where it's like, you just handcuffed him. They go, we don't care. He's guilty. We have no obligation to do a fair and honest Let's investigation. <laughs> Our goal is to convict people. Right, so right. In this case, though, when the defense got it, unless they're just idiots, they should have known this was coming. And for, for Nathan Wade to take the stand, if he knew at that yes. time that they had his AT&T records, right. this guy is stupid right? because well, they know where you're at. And, and, well, and now what's coming out is it was actually, it appears, a, a Department of Justice, not Department of Justice, a Biden administration plant in Fulton County DA's office was actually running everything. That apparently somebody in the office, and I forget the guy's name, but um, the some source within the office that was telling this to Breitbart said, hey, what you guys saw, Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis, like, that's how they are. These are not bright people. There was no way. <laughs> there was no way they were left in charge of anything. This was a Biden spy plant in the DA's office. <laughs> they're like, those people, they're like, they weren't pretending. That's like, they're like, that's how she talks and acts every day, all day. So... Well, a lot um, of times, you know, they try to play distractions, you, you know, right. the actual person who's the brains like we all know that that Joe Biden is not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can almost see the strings now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's other people running that show. Susan Rice, I think, is one name right. that keeps coming up. And she's the contact back to O Biden or O Biden. Obama. Well, before the same thing, there. same uh-huh. thing, you know, his third term. But. You know, I think that's kind of what the sense I'm getting here. Do you really think that Nathan Wade has the sense that God gave him to put two Legos in a row? No. I, mean, well, I, just don't- I have to say, between the two of them, um, he he was a genius compared to her. I mean, you know, he came across as a fairly bright, not stupid, uh, kind of <laughs> lying piece of shit. She came across as a moron, a moron. And I, With her I dress on backwards. Believe- I cannot believe that a DA, I mean, was she ever a prosecutor before she became the DA? I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to do research on her, but I have to tell you, most of these people know, and see, I can't believe it. I just, you know, I just testified in Arizona last week. It is so formal. It is so, you know, when you over talk someone else, it's like, whoa, 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 you know, question, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, right. You know? Because of the court reporter, she was like over talking the judge. And I can't even imagine no. what right. would happen to me if I said, Oh, you're on, on let me set you straight. You're yeah. looking yeah. Good there, pal. <laughs> I, let, let me set you straight. You'd be like, you know what? You see that bailiff over there? You might as well start yeah. working towards him. Well, then she was you're about to leave. From the bench, she was objecting. It's like, you can't object. I mean, it was just a, a thing. Well, it's interesting that so, and at bottom line, kind of what you're saying is that you want to, you don't want to, because you don't have to overplay it if you're the Trump And people. you never should. And I tell, you know, I still teach individuals who want to get into law enforcement. And I tell them all, don't ever, when you testify, and I definitely do this as, as a witness, as an expert witness now, don't ever try to win a case. The case is the chips are going to fall where the chips fall. Right. Not to stick to the facts, especially as an expert. Tell what the cell records can show and what they can't show. And, and, and that's that's how you have to just let it play out. And but unfortunately, not everyone's playing by those rules. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, you have certain individuals, especially in law enforcement, 
that they will make statements. And it's like, you're overplaying the facts. If you get caught, you're, you're going to get fired. I mean, you're going to be unemployed and right. I, I'm not going to do that. So I'm right. going to stick to the facts. And if you ask the right question, I mean, you know, m- maybe you'll reveal a bad fact that it doesn't really matter to me because I'm going to stick to the truth. And like I said, you don't have to with cell phone records. If I right. tell someone there's 20, what is it? 20,000 text messages or no, 12,000 yeah. text messages over a, a, a nine or 10 month period. I think it's 20,000, but yeah. Well, there's 12,000 somethings and 20,000 something else. There's, yeah. 2, I mean, there's a lot of numbers there, oh, yeah. but, but who cares? It's like, why are they texting? Why right. are they calling? And, and it's always in the more prominently in the evening because they're having a physical relationship. That's right. They're, yeah, exactly. And and I think even the mainstream media, you could see they were just kind of throwing her under the bus, right? Even they were like, yeah, this looks bad. We, even the Daily Beast was saying, this raises eyebrows. It's like, you think? <laughs> but, but let me so, tell you, I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure the judge is going to throw them out. You, yeah, you know, I could I could see a, I've I've seen judge and you know, I got to talk nice about judges because I get in front of them all the time. There are a few judges that are ideologues in that in those yes. benches. And, and and I will tell you, sometimes, you know, you'll have a prosecutor or a prosecutor witness will make a statement and the judge will be like, yeah, objection sustained. Hey, you really can't be saying that, you know, we're going to strike that, you know. And then a defense witness says something and it's like, objection, sustained, you know better. <laughs> you know, so then the judge jumps all the defense witnesses. I could see him say, yeah, this does look a little, uh, you know, yeah. but but I don't think it raises to the level, yeah. you know, to the point. I'm not convinced, even though I'm telling you, I don't think we've ever said, this is so hilarious for me. I, I can't, I was like, Chuck. I couldn't walk away from the TV set because as someone who's testified tons of times, it's like, I've never seen anything like this before. That's what Chuck was saying too. I've never seen anything like this. It, it was so. hilarious. But I, you know, you're going to really know. I mean, I think we've seen at this point that there's some people that don't care about the law, the constitution. Right. Or anything. They just got to get Trump. And, right. and, and I've constantly said, look, you know, I, I just want the platform to be fair they never went after Hillary, and and my goodness, what she did, right? Was way or Joe, Joe right. Biden, old Joe Biden had records in his in his out in his garage next to his Corvette. He had no ability to just declassify. No. There's no process for declassifying documents. So my question is, why couldn't Trump just say, "Oh no, I declassified them all"? Well, I know it's you're, and that's you're right, and that no. is. In the end, that's the alarming thing here. Is it, and any more yes. we've seen in the justice system is one thing we know for sure, and that is the judge will do whatever the heck the judge feels like doing, right? Like the well, one in New York. And- I mean, that's so, I mean, you look at this and, and they said it's going to get overturned on appeal. It's just a question of how much money well, are they going to Because you think Trump. There, there aren't, there aren't, uh, yeah, they're appellate court judges too. Uh, as, yeah, this is, as, uh, oh, no, no, it's going to have to go all the way to the Supreme Court for him to be able to pull that off. Because of New be, York, because there's no a, there's no losses, there's no, and it says okay. right in there that right. that the victims get an opportunity to testify, and it's like, you know, how can it there be aren't any victims that there's yeah. no jury, and no. you have a 
single judge who's a, like the freakiest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, what the hell? I know. He should not be taking selfies without his shirt on. I'm just going to say that too. <laughs> hey, listen, Mark, we got to let you go. Thank you, you as always. Right. You are great. great. We'll have to see. You, you and Chuck can do your analysis after the judge. Well, after the, I think that the next hearing is Friday. So. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be entertaining. Can't wait, can't wait till then. All right, Mark, thank you so much. God, we have a ton of comments here. Um, um, but yeah, you guys, there's a bunch of great comments. I think we'll, we won't go through all of them um, because I wanted to jump into something else that's fun to talk about, and that's Nikki Haley. Nikki so Chuck, Haley. Your, our favorite group, Americans for Prosperity, I think you were having a conversation earlier today um, and in which, you know, you made the comment, one of the great things about the Americans for Prosperity who've been spending, what, $70 million to try to defeat Trump is all of the people who before were like, oh, they're a good group. They're true conservatives. It's not been exposed, right? Well, let's go back to, to our kind of thing with Americans right. for Prosperity. So in Lakewood, a developer was trying to put up this massive uh, low-income housing thing in the middle of a single-family neighborhood. Right. Um and and uh which neighbors were opposed to well yeah just a little <laughs> bit um and so we kind of took their side um and excoriating the americans for prosperity for and and one of the guys god i can't remember his name and he hates me so much i should remember jesse mallory um, no no no, the, no this is the guy who his project it was oh um, okay the developer mm-hmm. the developer and check, there are a lot of developers who, who dislike the Glendale Terry Creek Chronicle, but go so ahead. Yeah, well, this is, but but at any rate, so we we criticize on air, um, and then the Americans for Prosperity uh, called the radio station seven ten, and their in their and their braveness, uh, they, <laughs> they called us in and said, "Look, you have to go to lunch with them." You go, "What forces?" Oh, look, you know they're they're an incredibly important organization, and blah blah blah. <laughs> So we went to lunch with Jesse Mallory and what was a nice woman? Tamara Farah. Tamara she was Farrah. very nice too. Yes. Yeah, very nice. Um, Still is. She's and, not. And dead. we explained to him that you know, hey, you guys are for open borders. Um, you're not. You're not for protecting American companies uh, from unfair competition overseas, and a, and a few other things. And Tamara would just kind of go, what? We're what? But Jess said, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did say. No, that's, that's what Sandra, Charlene is saying, wait a minute, Tamara's a coke lackey. No, I don't think she meant to be. I think somehow or another, I, I think, I don't know if they were afraid of having lunch with Chuck. And so they sent Tamara to, <laughs> um, to be. Well, I don't a, think so. I, I no, mean, but I, no, but I, mean, I don't know that she was a coke lackey. She was just there with them. And so I don't want to unfairly, because I, I like her. And actually we had numerous conversations after that with her where she was like, no, 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 I, I'm not. I, I don't. So, so just to clarify that. She was at the lunch, though. Yeah, um, she was at lunch. Um, but anyway. But, but, but uh, you know, the Americans for Prosperity is started by the Koch brothers um, to ride the, the Tea Party wave. And then they pretended to be Tea Party themselves, and all they were were themselves. I mean, they just, how much can the Koch brothers screw the system? You know, they, they hated regulations, they hated taxes, they also loved cheap labor and no immigration and uh, restrictions and a lot of other things. So they, you know, they, they rode the, and they kept on supporting Tea Party people who disappoint them because they actually believed in some things. Not too many of them. I mean, you know, from Nikki Haley was, right. was the Tea Party candidate in 2010. Uh, so was Adam Kinzinger and some others. Uh, but they rode that wave 
And now, you know, last four or five years, and they're great supporters of Phil Anschutz. Um, they meet every year down there. and, and Right they, down at the, at, um, broad, what's the, Broadmoor. the Broadmoor. Well, and, and Jacob, I see you got your hand raised, so we get to you in a second. But so what's interesting is, I don't know if you guys saw, so the um, Americas for Prosperity have been one of their several major donors for Nikki Haley, right? And have openly been buying ads, $70 million worth of ads that not only support Nikki Haley, but actually are working very hard to defeat Trump. And the Americans for Prosperity people, apparently in a a memo leaked to Politico, and no one's denying it, um, now say that they're abandoning Nikki Haley, that she can't win. So they're going to turn their attention now to making sure that only rhinos get elected to Congress. Um, And so I'm going to take a break there because we want to tell you which congressional representatives they're backing here in Colorado because you want to know this. But if we could, Jacob, go ahead. You've had your hand raised there for a little bit. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Okay. Hi. Uh, no, I just want to talk about Laura Trump becoming, you know, as she said yes. the other day, the, the largest, the largest um, ballot harvesting operation in the country. I think she's already there. I think she's got the information. All she's got to do is if she gets the job, she's going to start sending out the notices and get the people to, to register and vote. I think you could I be right, because you're talking about Ronna McDaniel today announcing that she's going to step down yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had heard that all across America, there are about 40 million people between the ages of 25 and 40. No, 25 and 35 that have, are not registered to vote. And she's got that information. You know, they use the credit reports and the and the and huh? the Lexus Nexus reports, and that's how they know. So they're going to start playing so, playing by um, you, uh, taking advantage of the same rules that Democrats take advantage. I think right. that's they great. They won't take advantage much, and they don't know. They don't have any yeah. idea. They, what they don't have doing. the money to do it, but well, they, they have no idea what they're doing. I, I uh. invented ballot harvesting in Colorado in 2002 yeah. when Nada Davidson said, "Okay, we'll have no excuse um, absentee." So, well, God, that this is great. And at an election in Glendale, I said, "We'll go to the people's houses. We'll get them to apply for absentee. Turn it in. We'll send them all mm-hmm. at the same time, and we'll go to their houses and 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 ask them to." Fill it out and give it to us. Um, and and the other side had no chance, no chance. Right. But, but one but of the problems, bad. yeah. One yeah. of the problems you have to realize is that, and the Democrats do it right. Right now, there ought to be people going uh, to wherever the popular causes are for Republicans: Second Amendment, school choice, whatever it is. And we watched this with uh, Julie's daughter because she was at our house, registered at our house. So they sent people who were you know, kind of green deal things that she liked. And they talked to her and say, thanks. Then, you know, they'd sta- establish a rapport. And this was over months. They'd come by Halloween sometimes, say hello. And then they'd go, you know, then election. Hi, we're picking up ballots and everything else. Well, they built the trust. You've got to build the trust. Well, but not only that, but Jacob, it. you're right. It, it's yeah, what they're doing. But, it. But oh, go ahead. But let, let, me, let me explain something to you. You, you you have the experience, you have all these credit reports, right? You have a student that was at CU for four years voting, all right? And now you know that for a fact that that student is now married and living in, in uh, Marietta, Marietta, Ohio. You can go to the Secretary of State and challenge them and say, prove that this oh, person is here. That's, that's what I'm good, saying. No, you're right. Oh, I know you've read that too. There are, there are I think, and, and that's... Fortunately, yeah. Republicans are waking up. We need the front. We need to number one, get out there and get get as many ballots as we can, and then we need to challenge yeah. as many as we can. Hey, Jacob, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Okay. I just want stuff. I just want to say I'm 
I was just handed a Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle. Do you know who these people are? They're crazy. <laughs> They're totally crazy people. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. So um, one of the persons that the Americans for Prosperity is funding in Colorado is Jeff Crank. Um, he is running in CD5. We obviously support Dave Williams, who's also running in CD5. But this is an interview that did not... Uh, age well he was and jeff crank is a um i think he has a radio show yeah. or is it and and, and maybe it's a, a streaming show i'm not really sure but in, in the colorado springs area and he was interviewing somebody amy um, emily seidel with americans for prosperity and this was right before nikki haley really started losing badly uh, so this is before afp dumped her but if we could please but jeff crank basically says hey what you guys are doing is great um you know and and we we need to defeat trump and blah 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 so if we could please play the jeff crank soundbite the voters in the Super Tuesday states see Trump and Haley as a real primary, and they can make their choice on whether they are going to support a new leader who can bring us forward, which they have been telling us they're open to do. They just need to see that it's viable. And that is what those early states need to demonstrate to those voters in the Super Tuesday states. Yeah. Um, I think that this was a very courageous decision on the part of Americans for Prosperity Action, and I'll say in two stages. First, the decision, I think it was maybe February or March of 2023, to actually get involved mm -hmm. here. Because everybody else just kind of, most everybody else just sat and said, nope, we're not going to, it's fraught with too much danger. Mm -hmm. uh, Americans for Prosperity uh, at the time decided to go out and do uh, gather some data and mm -hmm. talk with, with citizens. Uh, but then this decision by Americans for Prosperity action to get involved is a, is a courageous one. I think it took courage on the part of the leadership of the organization, including you, uh, to do that. Talk about the, the decision. And they go on. He kind of goes on to that. But I mean, so just like if, if there was a big like stamp that could come down from heaven and go rhino on his forehead rhino hack. corporate rhino hack it's like and of course as open we now borders, know that was open borders rhino hack that's right open border open borders establishment uniparty rhino hack um it's it's an insane right as we now know all of american for there was it wasn't courageous they hate trump but then i don't think when you think americans for prosperity think courage no you yeah. think greed right <laughs> um and and power grabbing i mean that's what they did they proved to be totally wrong um and it, wrong enough that they've acknowledged 70 million dollars later okay so what they are though now doing is pouring their money into places like colorado to try to get um, Jeff Crank elected in CD5, right? And he's going to, if Americans have prosperity, depending what they give him, that could make a difference in that race. The yeah. other person they're supporting in CD3 is Ron or Jeff Hurd. Okay, that's the old Lauren Boebert district. As we all know, Ron Hanks would be the grassroots candidate that we support. And then in um, CD8, which is where we live, Americans for Prosperity also is supporting Gabe Evans. Another Rhino. Yeah, another rhino. Um, the person we like is Janet Joshi. So if America, just just think this: if Americans for Prosperity is supporting them, they're a rhino. They're an open borders uniparty establishment rhino. Otherwise, Americans for Prosperity wouldn't be supporting them. And here's why: because Americans for Prosperity knows that even if Trump were to get elected, they could thwart everything he tries to do in Congress, right? And that's why this is great. Matt Gates at CPAC was saying that's why it's so important that we don't elect people like Jeff Crank, or like Jeff, yeah, Jeff Crank, Jeff Hurd. Or Gabe Evans. If we could please play the Matt Gates soundbite, Thomas. 
I've made it a living hell for the swamp rats. And many of them are retiring now. In fact, CNN just ran an article blaming me for their departures. You are welcome. Truth is, we can't save the nation with the current Republican team. We have to get tougher, smarter, and we need newer, bolder voices in the United States Congress. So if you're out there campaigning and running as a Paul Ryan or Kevin McCarthy Republican, my message to you is this. They don't work here anymore. CNN is accusing me of wiping out institutional knowledge. But if you had knowledge of some of my coworkers and how they made decisions, you'd want to put them in the institution. The next phase of our plan is to replace the droves of retiring members with America First Patriots. Republican primary voters must do their part, and the battle space will be full of enemies. Mike Pence just announced that he's building a $20 million fund to combat America's embrace of populism. It's, it's no surprise to me that Mike Pence is against populism. He was never particularly popular. People say I'm divisive, but this is the guy raising Republican money to weaken MAGA Republicans. You know, and that's a thing. They always say that, that the, you know, the grassroots are the divisive ones. They're the divisive ones, right? Mike Pence is raising $20 million to, to stop other I Republicans. The, I want to know the people who gave Mike Pence $20 bucks because they're, yeah, those they're people pretty foolish. Be. I mean, you know, I, I could think of something <laughs> for them to invest right. in. Right. So let's see, we get some comments here. Um, oh, Charlene is saying people are distancing themselves from the Koch brothers these days. Um, yeah. Sandra, my understanding is Nikki Haley's coming to Colorado. Do I know what city and who invited her? She is coming, I think, to Denver. And I Wings think over she's coming. Wings over the Rockies. Wings over the Rockies. And she's coming, um, I think, next week, maybe Monday. I forget. One Soon. Things, one of the things that Dave Williams did, he set out a, a tripartite, I think, thing saying, um, if you will commit to come to Colorado, it'll only cost you $20,000 $20, to register. If you if you agree to do a you know thing where we raise money for the party, 10000 But if you don't want to do either of those, you know, you get to pay 40 So Trump paid 40 uh, Nikki said, I'll save 20 and come. So she, that's kind of the impetus. Yeah, so, and I don't think, I, and my guess would be, Sandra, it wasn't so much that she was invited, right? I think, I imagine she's got a campaign staff here and they're the ones who set her up. Um, well, Charlene, she, she told them, you know, hey, we saved 20000 we have to have an event. Right. It'll be interesting to see how many people go to that event. I would think really maybe packed. everybody loves her. Everybody yeah, loves yeah, her. Yeah, all the American. So, Charlene, a similar group called Americans for Coke's Prosperity. Oh, wait, it's the same group. Oh, that's pretty funny, Charlene. Now, also, Nikki is like kryptonite now. Sandra, did you hear this before Coke up their, their funding? Um, Jeff Crank is running from her now. Then Sandra says, Charlene, I heard she was coming on the radio show just today, um, the Richard Randall show. 
Oh, Charlene, Jeff Crank posted on Twitter that he's always been for Trump, except for that whole courageous speech. You know, it is kind of funny. One of the reasons I wanted to put that up there, and I'll give once again the Colorado Republican Party credit for this. They put this out, right, and said, everybody grab this video because it's going to go away. And they predicted, they said, Jeff Crank is going to delete that video and is going to tur- turn around and say, oh, I've been for Trump all along. That's right? incredible. That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> um, and then Dr. Donna, Gabe was one of the five who got elected via the dark money Murdochs. Exactly right. What is it? Unite Colorado, right? That him and Barb Kirkmeyer is, I think you're no, right. Doc. He, came, he came after that. He came after the. Um, Was that not okay. But you're right though. That's one of the things of that. But uh, you know, we had him, we had him over at uh, Adams County and, and I asked him, I said, well, what's your, your uh, Liberty scorecard? He says, I have no idea. And I said, well, it's 67. <laughs> you got a D. I said, 63. You got a D. He said a sixty-seven. I'd never sixty-seven. I said I thought you didn't know. Oh, oh yeah, I just remembered. I just remembered. I just remembered now. Well, and here's the thing that I hope because this is where we can make it. The Republicans can make a difference if we get different people in there. Right, right now they're going through the budget negotiations. If you had. Republicans with the spine, you could defund all of these Department of Justice's investigations into Trump, right? You could do your own stuff. I mean, you could actually use your power. And instead, all they do is they want to talk about it. I read one thing in Politico, Chuck, where it was saying that the McConnell team, because John Thune has now endorsed Trump, right? Yeah, the well, that, that was an enthusiastic endorsement. <laughs> yeah. The guy who like, got, got him elected was... was uh, um, Oh, got our, our best friend. That's what you're talking about. Oh, the uh, the former chair of the Republican Party. Oh, Dick Wadhams? Dick Wadhams. He okay. was his campaign manager and got him elected in North Dakota. Oh, well, um, we'll see now if that means Dick Wadhams will endorse Trump. Um, yeah. The other thing that's interesting, though, Politico had the headline, Team McConnell is trying to meet with Team Trump about McConnell endorsing Trump. No, I'm just going to say, if you're Trump, you'd be like, thanks. Uh, but no, I mean, that's like Liz Cheney endorsing you, right? It's like, yeah, who right, wants that? Right. that's like an anti-endorsement. So Definitely I don't right. know. <laughs> so that's why we need to get him in. Though. I mean, we, there is power, right? Um, and you know that if Trump wins, um, they will do everything they can to not. Now we've got some Democrats, too. It's OK if you're a Democrat and you do this, saying that they won't certify the election if Trump wins. I guess we'll have to have a pipe bomb outside the RNC yeah, and then right. declare an emergency. And then One they can works. just... Right. They can just do that. So um, anyway, hey, that is going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you to Mark Poff for that great explanation on the cell phone data stuff. It should be fun to see what happens with the Fannie Willis case. Um, And we'll be keeping you posted in terms of as we kind of get closer. I think the Colorado caucuses are coming up and the prime. Well, the primary, you got to turn in your ballot for the presidential thing, I think, by March 2nd or 3rd. Anyway, next week sometime it says um, yeah we do um but so we'll be keeping you posted on who's fundraising for who because that always is a big tell but in the I, lo- meantime- I love that it's it's jeff cranks he always was a it was always a trump guy <laughs> except for when he wasn't and so <laughs> except for like back in december when yeah. i said it was courageous uh, except last week when he until <laughs> nikki haley finally blew out altogether <laughs> It's kind of like the Fannie Willis where you're having sex. It's like, what's always, right? Always, <laughs> always is, you know, it's, 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 my, it's my truth. It's my always. What's <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, everybody, have a great day. We will see you on Wednesday. Take care.